0: And so let's look at this word mystery to start off with. Mystery is from, it occurs three times in this passage, and it's the Greek, the Greek word is mysterion, which means secret doctrine, secret doctrine, okay? And in verse 26, it says, mystery was kept hidden for generations. The mystery was kept hidden for generations, And then in verse 27, it said, But mystery was made known. God made the mystery known to God's people, but it was also now known to the Gentiles. So the mystery was once hidden, and then the mystery is now known. And what is that mystery? Well, it says in verse 27 the mystery is Christ Himself, the hope of glory. So the mystery was hidden. It's now, it was just for the Jewish people, but it's for the Gentiles, so it's for everybody now. And the mystery is Christ himself. Christ in you, it says in verse 27. The, the word in means on you, with you, by you. It, Christ in you. And the hope, the Greek word for hope is elpis, which means trust and confidence and expectation. So when you get Christ in you, you have the hope and the expectation and the trust of God because he's come in you. The, the, same, the same Jesus that was raised from the dead by the Spirit lives in in you and when Christ lives in you, there is a change that happens. There's a major change that brings hope and, and f- joy and peace. And we're just going to listen in a minute. There's an amazing guy, Cy si and I have been running Alpha recently. And I just wanted to show you this clip of Shane Taylor, who he he didn't know anything. That if you, if you like, the mystery was hidden from Shane. And he was, ended up in prison. He's, he was a violent man, ended up in prison. And he ha- so happened to be uh, going to an Alpha course. He didn't really know what he was going to, but he thought he'd go for a cup of tea or something. And, and then ended up on this Alpha course. And when he was at Alpha and had heard the pastor that was with him telling him about Jesus, this is what happened. So can you play the video?
1: We all fall short the glory of God. And then he said the verses about Jesus and explained a bit why he died on the cross for sinners and stuff. And then he said, pray. So I started praying. And I said, "Uh, God, I said, God, if you're real, come into my life because I hate who I am. And nothing happened. But then as I was talking to the pastor, I started to feel this energy feeling in my stomach. And it started to raise up and raise up and raise up and raise up and And I just broke out into uncontrollable um, tears and I just sobbed and I just, right there. Because that was a change of my whole life. I knew God was real. Um, and no one will change that now. And then I remember (laughs) running on the wing. People clearly knew that I would become a Christian. So I actually helped them on another two alpha courses. And then I I got released. I've been in a prison where I, because you would have thought that the prison where I stabbed the prison officers would have been the last prison to have me. But they were the first, that's how God works. The best thing for me is going in prisons and helping the lads in prison. And, and trying to tell them about God. I've got five kids, and then my life. Um, and what upsets me is because now I know um, that back then, if I had the kids, I, they wouldn't have had a good upbringing. And now they sit on the night and have Bible studies with a dad. Um, <clears throat> have Bible studies with a dad. Have a life, they're beautiful. Um, and my life. And probably my wife and my kids are the best gift, apart from the grace God's given me, is the best gift I've ever, He'll ever give me. Um, Didn't expect to cry like that. Recovered now.
0: Amazing story. I love that story. When Christ, when you invite Christ into your life, it changes. It totally transforms your life. And when Shane did that, it totally transformed his life. I wonder what change has occurred when you've involved Jesus in your life or when you've invited Christ in your life. Maybe you can talk about that today with whoever you're going to be with today. What difference has Christ made in your life? I know for me, I, I, can, I just know there's always somebody I can talk to. There's always, I'm never feeling alone. I never feel alone. I know I can and always feel loved. I I, I always have that sense of hope and of peace, even when life is difficult, even when life is difficult. And he loves me. He loves you. He's the God of hope that we can trust, that God of glory. And I, yeah, I just find it so encouraging to hear that story and to be reminded that actually when we have Christ in our lives, it makes a huge difference to us. So that's the first thing, mystery. And then secondly, Christ or he. It occurs eight times through this passage that we've just read. Paul, Paul's letter, as I said, always points to Jesus. He wants to point the church of Colossae back to Jesus. And they, they, he was concerned because there was false teaching going on. And the false teaching, it says in verse 4, it says this, I tell you this, Christ has all the treasure of wisdom and knowledge, so that no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments. Paul was worried. He was concerned that the church of Colossae were being swayed by the false teachers. the false teachers saying, you can go elsewhere to get wisdom and knowledge. You don't have to just go to Jesus. You can go elsewhere and go to other beliefs, philosophies, anything else. Go Go and get other wisdom and knowledge from other people. And Paul is saying, no, 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 no. You need to stick with Jesus, you need to go to Jesus. He is the one that it, he, who gives you the treasures of all wisdom and knowledge. And He wanted to let them know that. And the other thing that He was concerned about was that wisdom and knowledge. He was it, the false teachers are saying it's only for the elite and the superior, but but Paul was saying no, that it's not just for those people. It is for all people. It says it was for all people. Christ's knowledge, and wisdom is for all people, not just the Jewish people. It's for Gentiles as well. It's for all people. And so Paul was concerned that they may be swayed by this false teaching. That was the reason he was wanting to point them back to Jesus. And it's a bit like today, isn't it? There were so many beliefs and philosophies and out there, and it's very easy sometimes to maybe get swayed one way. Or some people are looking in all different directions, trying to get some meaning in their life, trying to get some direction. But we believe, as people with Jesus in our lives, that he is the one that is all wisdom, And all knowledge. So we've got the first word, which is mystery, then Christ, and then the third word, mature. Mature in verse 28. In other other translations, it might say perfect, but in this translation, it says, He, Christ, is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom, so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. Mature meaning complete, fully grown, fully grown in Christ's character. The, the Greek word for mature is teleos. It's a bit like our English word, telescope. Telescope meaning extending out, reaching out, extending to full strength, unfolding right the way out, if you like, to full vision. That's what Paul was meaning, that when we have got a relationship with Christ, we need to be mature, fully mature in faith. And it's a lifelong journey. It's not going to happen just like that. It's a lifelong journey for all of us. And some of us are further along that journey, and some of us are not so long on that journey, but it's a lifelong journey. And so how do we know what maturity, that fully matured faith, Looks like. How do we know if we're on the right track? If you like, and in this passage, in chapter two of this passage that we're reading, verse two, Paul says, "My goal is that they may be, that my goal that they may be encouraged in heart." That's the first thing. How do we know if we will be mature in our faith to be encouraged in heart? to be united, secondly, in love, and to know Jesus' wisdom and knowledge, to be encouraged in heart, to be united in love, and to know Jesus' wisdom and knowledge. So what does that all mean, to be encouraged in heart? What does that mean, to be encouraged in heart? And I don't know about you, but I found it really encouraging this morning when Sharon came up and talked about Her healing last week. That's encouraging, isn't it? That's encouraging when we see Jesus encouraging us and we see people being moved and changed and healed, being encouraged in heart, because the good news of Jesus needs to be encouraging, otherwise it doesn't really make much a difference to us, does it? And so to be encouraged by Jesus, the good news of Jesus, I think it brings joy and hope and peace and love. And this, uh, I was reading this the other day. It's by Twyla Paris. She says, a big part of the Christian maturity, this is relating to peace, is learning to let God keep you steady and to be ruled less and less by your emotions and circumstances. And um, I was talking to a lovely, somebody in our church came to know Jesus very recently. And she was, I was just talking to her, last week, about what difference Jesus has made to her life. And she said the difference Jesus has made to life, when she asked Christ into her heart, asked Christ into her life, is that she used to get really stressed out. You know when your car goes wrong? Done about you. It can be really annoying. But she got, she, she used to get really stressed out about it, but then she would thought, oh, I know Jesus now, so I'm going to pray to him and say, God, can you just sort out my car? I'm just going to hand this situation to you, and I'm going to trust you with my car. And she said when she prayed that prayer, she had the most amazing sense of peace that came all over her. And she said it was such a difference to her. It was such a difference to when she didn't have Jesus in her life and she was saying also that she used to get really angry with people and she's she's now realizing that when she gets angry she's now realizing she's she's now beginning to pray for those people she's beginning to pray for those people that are making her angry and she's praying for them that they will come to know jesus and so what an incredible change and transformation, that when you have this incredible sense of Jesus being in your life, that you're encouraged by that good news. That is a sign of maturity. This is what Paul says. It's actually a sign of maturity in your faith, to be encouraged by the good news of Jesus. And then secondly, he says in verse 2, to be united in love. Pete Scazzeros wrote um, so many books on maturing maturity um, in spiritually but also emotional maturity. And he said this about this love. It's not simply, it's not simply possible to become spiritually mature while you, main, you remain emotionally immature. Emotional maturity really boils down to one thing, Love. So, if you're critical, defensive, touchy, unapproachable, insecure, the telltale signs of emotional immaturity, you can't be spiritually mature. It doesn't matter how anointed you are or how much Bible knowledge you have, love is that indispensable mark of maturity. Paul, when he was writing to the church in Colossae, was saying, Be united in love be united in love that means loving each other in your differences love each other love yourself love god love others and in i i just think it's just i'd we, I think we're pretty good at that here, but there will be times when we offend each other and we might say things that trigger you. I know sometimes in me, I have to really watch. I say if someone mentions something or says something to me and I think, ooh, I, something's triggering me a bit. I'm feeling a little bit offended. Lord, what? why am I feeling offended by that comment? It's just good to, to ask God, why is that happening? I want to be mature emotionally. I want to be emotionally and spiritually mature in my faith. And I think one of those things that we do in this church is that we are introducing keys to freedom. I know we talked about keys to freedom. We're dripping, drip, drip, drip over the next few weeks. But Helen spoke about keys to freedom last week and the difference it made to her life. And if you're not sure what I mean by keys to freedom, it's a tool that we use. We're beginning to to ripple out in the church, which is helping spiritual and emotional Maturity and it covers things like faith, identity, behavioral patterns, forgiveness, past hurts, authority in Christ, and to be free from those things that have happened to us in the past. So becoming spiritually and emotionally mature and obviously it's all based on the bible so we bring out loads of bible um, verses and it's all based on that and I I just think it's been a really for me it's been incredible I've done it a few times now and I can really recommend it um, for you those of you who haven't done it or something similar to to do it even it doesn't matter how long you've known Jesus for I'm going to continue to do it over the every two two years I think because it's been such a brilliant tool for me And Paul was wanting the church in Colossae to have that amazing love for other people, to be united in Christ, united in love. And then the third thing, which is another indication of maturity, it says in verse 2 and 3, it says, No Christ, in whom are hidden all wisdom." knowledge, to know Christ. Get to know Christ. How can you get to know Christ? Well, there's so many different ways of getting to know Christ. Dig deep into the Bible. This is what we're doing now. We're we're here in this community. We're worshipping together. Another way to to get to know Jesus. Um, Spend time with him. Spend time with him in prayer and listening to him. There's, there's a great story in the Bible in Luke 10 of the story of Mary and Martha. And Mary and Martha invited Jesus over for a meal. And Martha is running around trying to sort everything out and, and getting the meal ready and clearing up and all of that. And Mary is just sitting at Jesus' feet. And what she's doing is she's listening to him. She's listening to him. So spend time not just talking to him, but listening to him. And some of the other ways that we do that I know in this church is to have a hub, meet in pods, prayer pods, meet one, maybe just two of you, just chatting together, praying together, um, just to help each other and encourage other to get to know Jesus in a deeper way. I listen to podcasts. I love John Mark I love Simon Moore, but John Marcoma is an amazing person. I love his voice, actually. If you don't know John Marcoma, he's got the most incredible voice to listen to. But he's got an amazing teacher um, in the Bible, And he's really good at speaking about emotional and spiritual maturity as well. And I can really, really recommend that. He he talks on loads of different spiritual practices. So that's one way that I learn myself. Tim Keller, he's sadly passed away from this world. He's now with Jesus in heaven. But he's just an amazing Bible teacher. Amazing that you can just go on YouTube, listen to podcasts from the incredible Bible teachers, apart from here, being here, of course, in our church community. But, you know, we, it's good that we can go elsewhere and, and, and hear other teachers and, and broaden the horizon a bit. And I know on our, on our website that we are really wanting to put more resources on that. You can just click on resources and you can see various podcasts there that we recommend or books that are really helpful to deepen our relationship with Jesus, to gain that knowledge and understanding of Jesus in order for us to be mature in our faith, to be fully mature, Paul describes it. And I think what's amazing about when we think about these different indicators being encouraged by the gospel of Jesus and being united in love and then getting to know Jesus, the more we do that, the more we get to know Jesus, the more we get united in love, the more we, we're excited about the good news. It's, it's like a cycle. It's, if, if you, you can't really get it, not get excited about it if you are going deeper in Jesus. And I, I suppose I'm, I'm really encouraged. I really loved this week of getting myself deeper into this passage. And I know I've had the advantage of mulling it over this last week, but I just am so, this this book of Colossians is incredible. If you, almost every word you could get a major meaning, and we've only literally skimmed the surface, but I, I really hope and pray that our church community here will be, continue to be on that journey of maturity, both Emotionally, but also spiritually, because I think then we're going to be. We can encourage each other. We can build each other up. We can um, learn from each other. We can learn from each other. We can pray for each other. We can just see such um, encouraging things happen amongst us. And we're again, we want to be encouraging. Simon mentioned it today to to tell us those stories so that we can share them on a Sunday while we're meeting together. So be encouraged this morning. Christ is in you, the hope and glory. And my prayer is that you know that he's in you, he's with you, he loves you, he's for you. And as we go out from here, just know that he is enough. We don't need to look elsewhere. We can keep delving into his word. The knowledge and the wisdom that's there is like treasure, it's like gold.